Who can remember the day that you first invited Jesus Christ into your heart? You remember that, remember that day and that, that sense of acceptance? And it was by a very uncommon love. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus chose to die for us. That it was an act of love, it says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. There's no other person like Jesus. That whosoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's no other message in the world like the message of the gospel message. The truth and the power of the gospel message. It's a, a mystery that God would take on a body of flesh to come down to the earth to take upon our sin upon himself and then confer upon us his righteousness in a transaction, transaction of faith and love. And that's why we stand here this morning. That's why we're gathered together here this morning because of that uncommon, common salvation that we share. I want to highlight a psalm that was, um, you know, psalms are in the Old Testament, so this is before the actual sacrifice for Christ, of Christ. But uh, thinking about the goodness of God. And um, I want to turn to Psalm 32. In the heading of my, uh, my Bible, it says, The Joy of Forgiveness. The Joy of Forgiveness. You know, there's no other religion in the world, no other faith in the world that has forgiveness, really. That it's like, well, you have to do this, and you have to do that, and you have to make a pilgrimage, and you have to, you know, give, and you have to do all these righteous things. But how much is enough to be forgiven? How much is the price to be paid for forgiveness? And in actuality, the only way we could be truly forgiven because we violated a holy God's rules is for God to send propitiation or to send an atonement for us because he's the, ones who made, he's the one who made the rules. And only God can say what is enough. And when he said, Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, it was paid in full is actually what he was saying. It was atoned for in full. And in um, Psalm 32, like I said, the heading of my Bible says the um, joy of forgiveness, a psalm of David, a contemplation. And it says this, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groanings all the day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My vitality was turned into the drought of summer. Selah. I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity and have not hidden. And I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you in the time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with the songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct you and teach you in a way that you should go. I will guard you, guard you, guide you with my eye. Do not like, be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, which must be 
harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, you upright of heart. What a great scripture. That God is extending forgiveness to those who call upon his name, acknowledge our transgressions, acknowledge iniquity. Iniquity is the word that he was seen um, over and over. And there's, you know, sins, which is, means missing the mark. Transgressions, that means you are outside the law. And iniquity is translated lawlessness. You know, we're living right now in a time of lawlessness, if you haven't noticed. Do you notice the things that are going on in this world right now? And our people, our politicians that are supposedly the ones who uphold the law, I would say a lot of them are living very lawless at this point. It's just ridiculous. You know, there's um, people that are accusing other people of doing things that the very thing that they're doing. And it's an age of lawlessness right now. In fact, the Bible says in Matthew 24, it says, because of lawlessness, the love of many would grow cold. That the love of many would grow cold. And we don't want to be those people. Amen? We want to be a people that would have our heart towards God and a heart that is for God and that we would not grow cold in this hour. And I see that, you know, the temperature uh, outside could get cold because we see things going on and it has an effect on us as we look at these things and it's just discouraging. It's discouraging to our hearts. But God's love has the ability to transcend those things. If we focus upon the uh, righteousness and the love and forgiveness of the Lord, it has the ability to build us up within. I think even when we come together as the body of Christ and we sing praises one with another and just fellowship one with another because the word of God says this, if you love the Lord, then you also love those who are begotten of the Lord. So there's a fellowship in that. There's a gathering together amongst saints of uh, the uh, fellow uh, likewise faith that we gather together and it uh, brings strength on each one of us as we gather together here. The thing is, the Lord is holy, and His Word is holy, and His standard is 100% righteousness. How do we approach a righteous God apart from the love and forgiveness of Christ? And in actuality, the law was made to bring us to our knees and to acknowledge the fact that there's none righteous, no, not one. That's what the law was meant to do. You know, uh, let's go to Matthew 7. And this is a, a scripture that is, um, it's an amazing scripture. And it should make us tremble when we read this. This is uh, Matthew 7, verse 21. Jesus just got through, it's the Sermon on the Mount, and he was uh, talking about all these things, and he was saying how, this is his standard in this portion of scripture beginning at chapter 5 is in pretty much the whole thing is in red. This is Christ. He gives, starts off with the Lord's Prayer and then he starts laying down this, these principles of kingdom, of the kingdom. And it's like if you're thinking you're doing pretty good in your walk with the Lord, you're going to hit something, a snag in this part of the scriptures where you're going to go, whoa, I need to work on that. I need to get that in order. 
in that portion of scripture. But the reality of this is, it was to bring us to the point of we realize that we're not righteous in ourselves. That we need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Amen. And it says in chapter 7 verse 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, or cast out demons in your name, and have done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now, there's a difference between stumbling into sin, you know, maybe uh, something happens and we gave into a temptation or we went in this, but the word here he uses is, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. The word practice is something that you would ascribe to a doctor. A doctor practices law, a lawyer, or a doctor practices medicine, a lawyer practices law. We all know the saying that says, practice makes perfect. The saying, there's a saying that says, how do you get into uh, Carnegie Hall? You know, is a musician. Practice, practice, practice. How do you get into hell? Practice, practice, practice. Practicing lawlessness, though. Iniquity. It's not repenting of those things. What the Lord has told you to do, he's, it's, it's just like, no, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to have my life in accordance with your word. I want to do what I want. I'll make it the gospel that I feel comfortable with. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's laying down his law. He's saying, these are the standards that I set up. And he says that there's coming a day, and it's tragic when you read this. It says, many will come before him and say, and he'll say to them, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. If we look to the society for a standard, we're not going to find it. Because like I said, we're living in a day of lawlessness. If you're looking at our neighbors or we're looking at uh, the, the, our athletes or you're looking at the stars in Hollywood for a standard, you're not going to find the proper standard. Can everybody agree with that? Jesus Christ and his word is the standard. His disciples, the, the things that Paul said within his word, the things that Peter said, his 12 disciples that laid down in his word, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Is our life reflective of the words within the Bible? I would have to say about my life, it's not perfectly in line with this word. There's places where I'm in error, but I desire to let those things fall away and to keep growing in the faith and keep saying, Lord, I want to submit to your will because I don't want to be one of these people at that day that comes before your altar and it says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You have practiced lawlessness. I never knew you. I don't want to be that person. Can I get a witness here? I mean, that's a terrible thing. It's better to consider this now. It's better to meditate on this now. Better to put this into practice now than when you get there before the throne room and, and get hit with that reality. And this is now for eternity. Depart from me. Get out of my presence. I never knew you. I was convicting you of this, but you never wanted to change. Lord, have mercy. Help us, Lord, that we are not those people. That we're people that hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that have a tender heart, that our heart has not grown cold because of lawlessness. That we haven't grown cold in our love towards God, in our love towards one another, because of lawlessness is abounding. You look around and they're calling good evil and evil good. And now they're saying within the body of Christ, this is unless there's, there's a Beto O'Rourke who's, who's running for pleasure, he'll never make it. 
by the things he's proposing. He says he wants to disarm all Americans. He wants to take away all their guns to violate the Second Amendment, which is a right for a, of, of a person for self-defense. But he was saying that if the church doesn't adhere to the LGBTQ uh, agenda that he wants to violate the churches and come in and start taxing the church or just come in and start telling the church you need to do this, this, and this. This is a total violation of the First Amendment. It's a time of lawlessness. We have laws. Our government is, is called a, a constitutional republic. We have a rule of law and we're, we put in people in office that are supposed to discern how we're to live in accordance with these set laws and how do we govern ourselves accordingly. But to just take that whole thing and just throw it on the side and says, we don't need to listen to this anymore. It's like the Bible. The Bible is the same thing. The Bible is, a, is an inscribed uh, statute. It's a, it's a testament that is put down. And it says, this is right. This is acceptable. This is law. This is lawlessness. This is sin. This is out of bounds. And we can either listen to this or we can ignore it at our own peril. But the penalties cannot be ignored. Amen. We see the effects of within our society right now. We see the effects, I would, I would dare, dare to say, in the very weather that we're seeing. They're talking about global warming. I don't believe it's because of global warming. I believe it's because of sin. It does say that in the Bible. It says that those transgressions would be heavy upon the earth in the last days. And there would be these terrible cataclysms. Did you see the storm that just hit Japan just the other day? Just leveled it. A massive storm. Uh, um, typhoon that came through there and on top of that an earthquake to back it up right after and these things I mean we have our Bible study every it's it's tiresome already I don't even really show these things it's week after week after week this is going on and it's not because of us burning carbon in our cars it's not because of that it's because of transgression. It's because of sin. Do you know the very first sin uh, not the very first sin but the first murder that took place in the garden and God asks, where's your brother at? And he goes, how should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? And he says, yes. Your brother's blood cries out from the earth. When innocent blood is shed on the earth, there's an effect on the earth itself. With the amount of wars, with the amount of abortions, with the amount of child trafficking that's going on, the earth is travailing right now with the amount of lawlessness going on in this earth. It's having an effect on this earth. The church, the body of Christ, we are to be the salt, we are to be the light, we are to be, be the ones who says, this is God's standard. And we're not self-righteous because we realize that I'm still being working, I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling. I'm not the standard, God's is the standard. And we can't minimize that standard to make ourselves feel comfortable or because society is degraded down to this point. Let's, say, let's change the rules to make everybody feel comfortable. We don't have the right to do that. And when we do that, the darkness comes in and we don't even know where we're going at that point. It's a confused society that doesn't know what bathroom to go to. Right? It's a confused society that says there's more than two genders. That's a confused society. And try to pound these, these square pegs into a round hole and let's make provision for this nonsense and let's all agree that this is right when it's not right. We know it's not right. Lawlessness. It's our job as Christians to uphold a standard of righteousness. Not that we're self-righteous, but this is what God said. And His Son is our buffer between a holy God and a sinful mankind. But we're not practicing lawlessness, we're practicing righteousness. We're in process, amen? And we're not who we want to be yet, but we ain't what we used to be.
and we're moving forward. Amen. Each one of us here, we are all moving forward. And let's not be discouraged in the journey because it's a long journey. Pastor Tasha is running a marathon. It wasn't a sprint. It wasn't a hundred yard dash. It was miles. You know, just like Annabeth was saying in her testimony, this took a long time. Sometimes we pray and we want to see the results right away and it doesn't happen right away. But we retain our faith. A faithful person. I, I read that story. You guys, I, I forget the... It was in Japan. But I just read it this morning about faithfulness. I think it was in the, the Daily Bread. I think it was. And it was about that, that Japanese guy who died. He went to work and he said his dog would follow him out to the train station every morning. And he followed him out that one day, but at work he passed away. And he said that that dog was so faithful for nine years... He would go every day in the morning to the train station and wait for his master and then go home and then come back in the evening and wait for him. Nine, can you imagine nine years? The Lord says, who can find a faithful person? They're a rare commodity. That when you set out in a task, you show up. When you, when you set out to worship the Lord, you do it whether you feel like it or not. You do it, you show up. There, that's a rare commodity to find faithful servants. People to show up and say, Lord, I commit it to you. This isn't about a claim. This isn't about numbers. This isn't about this. This is all about you. It's an act of worship. I believe that gives God great glory in the heavens. That he says, look, look at that just like Job. Look at that person. Amen? That's who we want to... That's practicing righteousness. That's practicing a relationship with God in actual, be, in actual terms that we did not grow weary. We can grow weary, but we ask, Lord, help me. Lift me up right now. Get me up to that place because I don't want to fall away. It says in the last day there would be a great falling away. Where things happen and it doesn't turn out the way we... And, and stuff is going on and people just throw in the towel. This is no time to throw in the towel. This is the time to focus again and get our eyes upon the Lord. Get a second wind in the Lord and rise up on wings of eagles as we go into the storm. Amen? Help us, Lord, as the church to be those people. Help us, Lord, to be found faithful, waiting, watching, because you're coming back. The Lord is coming back. Amen? You know, I don't in any way want to seem um, harsh. Because Jesus did what he did. His great love for us. That while we were still sinners, God died for us. That is the marvel. That is the thing that we should be focusing on. That's where the joy of our salvation resides. In the fact of what Jesus did for us, despite ourselves. And when we feel down, we can think about that. We can meditate upon it. And think to yourself, wow, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it would give us the adrenaline we need to continue when we're feeling weary. You know, in the, first, in the book of Romans, if you guys would go there, uh, the first two chapters is talking about the condition of man. The condition of man is a sad condition apart from God. And it says that if man continues on in his depravity, if man continues on in his delusion, that God says, I will give them over to that. You want that so much? Here, I give you over to that. And I see parts of society where that has taken place. And there's another aspect of it, the very religious, where it says, well, you know, 
I'm this and this is who I am. But if we're not giving the glory to the Lord, it's about Jesus that we could become self-righteous. And in verse 17 of chapter 2, it says this about the Jews. Because first he was dealing with the heathens and the Gentiles. And he was talking about the religious people in verse uh, 17 of chapter 2. It says, indeed, you are called a Jew and rest on the law and make your boast in God and know his will. And approve the things that are excellent, being instructed out of the law. And you are confident that you are self a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having a form of knowledge and truth in the law. You, therefore, who teach another, do, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that a man should not steal, do you steal? You who say, do not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who make a boast in the law, do you dishonor God through breaking the law? The name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because you, as it is written. You ever heard the accusations that come against the Christians? They say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like Christians. I don't like his followers too much because a lot of times there isn't a good... Uh, a good reflection of what the Lord is saying in his word and how we conduct ourselves as Christians. And hallelujah that God still loves us because of that, but we don't want to practice lawlessness. We want to practice righteousness. Amen? We are practicing righteousness. We're not perfect yet, but we're practicing righteousness. So when we come into these situations, just like what's being instructed here, if, if we hit a snag in there, we said, Lord, help me not to fall into this category. Help me through the power of your Holy Spirit, because your grace is sufficient for me. Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Help me to transcend this. In the book of Ephesians, it says that we're already seated in heavenly places with the Lord, but we're walking out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're walking the course of our salvation. Amen? It says, for circumcision, verse 25, is indeed profitable if you keep the law, but if you're a breaker of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. Therefore, if an uncircumcised man keeps the righteous requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be counted as uh, circumcision? And will not a physically uncircumcised, if he fulfills the law, judge you even if you're in your written code of circumcision and transgressions of the law? He's getting into the minutia of the law. He's just talking about the fact that the Jews would rest wholly upon their religious experience but he's saying no it's more than that it's an issue of your heart this is all about the issues of the heart I want to read from Romans 3 9 it goes on, it's just talking about that, that back and forth about the law and upholding the law and what do we got to do in order to be right with God. And then it goes on in verse 9 of chapter 3. It says, what then? Are we better than they? Not at all. For I have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. God looks at people in two camps. He looks at the Jews as a certain people before as he was laying this out. And the Greeks were those who sought after knowledge. They were looking for wisdom. And the body of Christ is composed of both Jews and Greeks. The body of Christ is a new dispensation of which we're part of now. And the Jews and Gentiles were brought together in one body according to the book of Ephesians. And we are the church right now. And it's a particular time in history that God is filling that church up. And then it goes on. 
In verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside and have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their tongue, they have practiced deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips. The mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are, are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their way. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is talking about unregenerate people. Now we know whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So you can read the whole first um, New Testament, I mean the Old Testament, and this was all about the law. This is about the righteousness of God and what it was to highlight how we cannot approach a righteous God apart from blood atonement. And how there was a Savior coming, his name is Jesus Christ, and when he did come, we approach God into his presence through the blood of Christ. And it goes on in verse 21, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. There is no difference. For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God sent forth as a propitiation or a mercy seat by the blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at this present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. God is the one who justifies. Who is he who condemns? If we're in faith, if we're in relationship with Christ, then we have went from death into life, and we're in, and we're in right relationship with God, and we're practicing righteousness, and we're moving closer and closer to God. And that's reason for us to rejoice that God's plan is being worked out in our lives. Amen? In verse 5, in closing, it says, And David uh, celebrates the same truth. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness, just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, and those whose sins is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did when he offered up the sacrifice once for all, that our lawless deeds, those things that we were doing, those things that brought a separation between us and a holy God, but when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and when we appropriate that sacrifice into our lives, it bridges that gap, and we become righteous. When you see the word justified in the word of God, that means just as if you've never sinned. That's how God views you. And we stay in that place and we walk in relationship with God. And if something comes up, he says that we bring it to him and we confess it. And he's faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Amen. And in closing this, let me read this in verse 5 or chapter 5, verse 1. It says, therefore, 
Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope for the glory of God. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it's a progressive salvation. It's complete. The, the moment we confess Christ as Savior, it's completed. He's, God sees us seated in the heavenly realm, but we're walking this, this thing out in our day-to-day conduct. So it says if we're justified by faith in Christ, we're justified just as we've never sinned. We have peace with God. And if we have peace with God, then we have access into His grace. We can go behind the, th- the, the veil and we can petition Him in the time of trouble. And when we pray, we can expect God to answer our prayers. Amen. He says that's that, you know, he's in, in the Gospel of, uh, or in John, First John, he says, these things I write to you that your joy may be full. I want to know about joy. I want to know about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord. And one of the joys that the Bible talks about, it says, when you pray that you, uh, that, that you would bear fruit in your prayers, that God would answer your prayers, that your joy would be full. Isn't that a joyous thing when we pray to God and our prayers get answered? It's like, man, he knows my address. He knows my phone number. He knows my circumstances. He knows what I'm going through. And he answers your prayers. That's the promise that God says. If we need a renewal in joy, that we draw nigh to God, we pray to him, we call upon his name, he does stuff for us, and we say hallelujah, and we give him glory, and our joy wells up in our heart, even sometimes despite our circumstances, because we know he knows where we're at. And just that alone should be enough. Amen? Amen. That we are in right really, We are on the path to eternal life. That this whole existence we're facing right now is passing away. Each one of us is one year older this year. Can you imagine it's already October? We're close to 2020. It's like, man, where did the time go? October. It's going to be Christmas pretty soon. The time is clocking. You know, my, Every time we get up in the morning and you're all stiff and your bones are sore... And my wife, she always says, Hallelujah, we're one day closer to heaven. (laughs) One day closer to heaven. It says, though this outward body is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day, that our our spiritual strength is gaining as we uh, look to the Lord, as we submit to His plan, as we uh, we practice righteousness and don't practice lawlessness. Amen? Let's pray.